Hello, welcome to the potential state. My name is Dr. Asel Romanelli, and today we're going to talk about marathons. This is the video of me finishing the Tel Aviv Marathon in February 2019. It only took four hours and 25 minutes. My wife is filming me there. But actually, that's not the story. The real story happened before that marathon way before we started. This story actually begins the day before. The day before the marathon begins, me and my wife have a huge fight. She feels like I'm irresponsible and I'm sticking too many things together and I'll be exhausted and not present for the weekend with the kids before I go away on a business trip. And I feel like suddenly, the day before the marathon, she's, she's changing our arrangement. She's doing a big drama. She's unappreciative of all the effort and the training I've done. And this becomes a huge fight. And even though we're not with the kids, we are constantly fighting. And we're moving between talking and not talking, between being insulted and hurting each other. And I try to regulate myself, right? I'm telling myself, don't, become, don't feel a victim. Don't feel sorry for yourself. And then sometimes I say, take responsibility, let it land. Maybe you are really selfish. Maybe you didn't think this through. She asks me to cancel the marathon, and I'm telling her no. I take a big chance, and I'm saying, Galit, this marathon is more important to me right now than your request. I was feeling very differentiated at the time, but that only blew up in my face. And she moved between moving on, being upset, being disappointed, back and forth, back and forth, and we couldn't snap out of it. That morning, I woke up at 4.30, and I drove, and in that drive, I felt so alone. There was silence. We listened to the radio 4.30 in the morning driving to this marathon. Galit was scheduled to run a 10K, and I was supposed to run a full marathon. And even till the end, we were still not really together. As we reached the parking lot, Galit softens up a little bit, becomes a little bit playful, a little bit flirty, a bit cute. But I'm closed. I'm just not there. She says, what about your podcast? And I decided I'm going to punish her. I'm not going to do a podcast. My original idea was to do a podcast about marathons. Life is marathons. Life is one long marathon. And I end up uh, saying to her kind of cold-heartedly, I don't know if I'm going to do it. And away I go. And as I go, I leave this quick video. Who's, for myself, I was thinking maybe I would actually do something with this. All right, here we go. Starting the marathon. All these people behind me. Wish me luck. We'll see you on the other side. And the other side it was, because little did I know what emotional turmoil I was going to go through in that marathon. As I started running, I started realizing that all I could think about is how alone I felt. And I felt sorry for myself and angry at my wife. I was moving between feeling sorry for myself and being angry, feeling sorry for myself and being angry. And I didn't know what to do about it. And then I was frustrated that I'm stuck and instead of enjoying this marathon, all I could think about is my relationship. And I was stuck, stuck, stuck until I realized, wait, I'm going to turn this into that a podcast. That's going to be my podcast. My podcast is going to be not life as a marathon, but relationships as a marathon. And I decided I am going, this took me about 20 kilometers to, to formulate. And I realized that what I'm going to do is when I hit the halfway mark, 21.2 kilometers, I'm going to give myself a big juicy shot of not regulating myself, of actually letting go through 
everything because this idea of the only way around is through kept coming up again and again. And what I realized is I wasn't letting everything through. I was trying to regulate. I was being locked. Like a lot of times in improvisation, um, I see actors on stage and they're pretending to fight, but they get locked in one energy. And I tell them in real life, we go through all kinds of emotions. And only when you go through the extreme of anger, you reach the next level, which could be laughter or pity or helplessness. But you have to go through all of them. You have to really allow yourself to express them and feel them all the way to the edges. What we call thunderstorms in couples therapy. Thunderstorms are people that when they get angry, they get angry completely from head to toe. Like my wife, for instance. Contrary to her, they're turtles like me. Who The second it gets hot, they stick their head back in. So all that's going on in my mind. And then I reach the 21.2 kilometer mark. So I'm reaching 21, halfway through, and this is when I'm going to vent how Galid is an effing biatch. How can she not appreciate everything I've done for her? I'm doing this for me, I'm doing this for her, I'm doing this for the family. I'm doing this to prove a point to everyone. God, how could she not understand? How could she not understand? How can she be so ungrateful? How, how, 21 kilometers. How can she not see that? How, God. After all these years, he's still trying to push me down, still trying to hold me back. So this is me in the victim mode. Now I'm going to show you a persecutor. Oh, God, how can she be? How can I be so selfish and not see her? All she wants is family time. All she wants is for me to take care of myself. That's all she wants. How can I do it? Once again, I stuck too much things, too many things. I thought of myself. Oh, I'm so an asshole. I'm so blind. I'm so evil. God, she's so right. So now I did both extremes and halfway. God. So now it's time for me to go through all of it. And hopefully at the end, I'll be liberated from this triangle, from these polarities. But the only way around is through. Yes, the only way around is through. But I was a bit optimistic. As you can hear, I wasn't that balanced. It was much easier for me to be the angry and feeling sorry for myself than the polarity of taking responsibility and feeling guilty. But I tried. And what I was trying to do the whole 24 hours before the race was trying to regulate myself and talk myself out of it. And what I allowed myself in the race is just to run and let it all out and talking to myself and yelling at her and yelling at myself and yelling at God and this whole situation and feeling alone and lonely Everything happened there. And in EMDR, eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing, we talk about bilateral stimulation of the brain by moving the eyes again and again. That's what basically happens when you run, right? Right, left, right, light. Your legs and your hands keep triggering and activating both hemispheres, which actually makes you unstuck because you're moving, because you're in movement. And as I was going through these ideas of moving through this, of allowing myself just to liberate myself into this craziness of uh, the whole emotional range of life and then just enjoying that as a natural, healthy part of being vital, a new realization started coming up for me. We're somewhere in kilometer 25. And I'm realizing that I really hate you, Khalid. I really do. But I also really love you. And I can only love you if I hate you. And I can only hate you if I love you. And the person that loves me so much can also hurt me so much. You know exactly where to push. You're killing me softly, but you're also reviving me. And that only goes, it's now I'm understanding it. You only hurt the one you love. 
I've said it a zillion times, but now I'm really feeling it. You're really hurting me, but you're also really loving me. And by giving me that pain, you're also reminding me that I'm alive, that I care, that I'm permeable, that I'm hurt, that I can't do all this alone, and that I'm not a machine. And that's, that's something I need to thank you for hurting me. Thank you for realizing that you have the key to my soul, to my heart, to my mind. You can lift me up and you can kick me down. Because you're also human. And if you can do that to me, I can do that to you. Okay. Another realization. So it took me four more kilometers to allow myself to really feel the hate toward my wife. So only when I allowed myself to completely feel sorry for myself and hate her, I had this deep realization. I hate her. And then I was feeling guilty about it, but I was like, I'm letting this go. And by actually letting myself completely feel that, my heart suddenly opened. Ironically, it opened from the depth of hate, from the depth of despair. And then the sentence that I've said a zillion times to a zillion people, you can only want, you always heard the ones you love. And the opposite of love is in hate, it's apathy. And hate and love are two of this, it's basically the same energy, just with a different um, color, if you wish. It suddenly opened. It realized that that's what's happening here. And she can hurt me so deeply only because she knows exactly all the little twerklings of my heart, of my mind, of my body, of my soul. And the fact that she knows me so intimately, that means she can hurt me so hard. Not because she's evil, also because she has what Schnarch calls normal marital sadism. And we're all a little bit of a sadist. But also, unintentionally, by just being there, by being a different person who dares to live next to me, who dares to challenge me, who dares to say something different than what I think, who dares to have her own opinion, who dares to defy my requests or orders, who dares to project on me her stuff, her shit. How dare she? How dare she be herself? How dare she demand me to be a separate human being? Why is she not molding herself based on my needs? All these things were rushing in. And my heart was opening and I was very emotional. I was moving between laughing and a little bit of crying and all this is with a soundtrack. And that's all going great until I hit the wall at kilometer 32. So we're kilometer 32. I hit the wall. The wall is the hardest part of the marathon. We have nothing else to give. Where you just want to start walking or stopping. And this is a metaphor for that part where you just give up and you feel helpless. Where you're thinking, I'm better off alone. Where you're thinking, let's split up and you go here and I go there. Let's not spend the weekend together. Because I can't deal with you. This is the darkest hour before they're done. And if you go through the wall, allow yourself to feel it. But keep walking. Keep walking. After this, there's going to be a clarity. I don't know what it is, but we'll find out. Yes, I hit the wall. I was optimistic. In the first marathon I ran, I hit the wall at 27 kilometers, leaving me another 16 kilometers to go. This time I hit it at 32, which means I only had 10 kilometers to run in excruciating pain where you want to quit. That's when you start seeing people on the sides, either cramping up, throwing up, sitting, just quitting. And you just need to keep going, keep going. And I realize is that what I usually do is we stop at the wall. We hit the wall. That's when we make these dramatic decisions. Either fine, we slam the door, we go outside, we go to sleep at our parents' house. 
or tr more dramatic walls, right? We we blow up negotiations. We decide to get a divorce. We hit each other. We do dramatic moves once we hit the wall. But actually, the metaphor of the marathon here is you have no other option. If you quit when you hit the wall, you'll never finish. And you'll never know what's on the other side of the wall. This time being my second marathon, I knew that the wall will end. It might end at 42.2 kilometers, but it's going to end. And I think hitting that rock bottom, right? So going through that process of going to the extremes of the emotion, to realizing that you're hating and loving, to hitting that wall and seeing that there's, it's not going to move, it's not going to change. There's no other way except for quitting. All that together really comes through in the marathon. And three more kilometers of this questioning myself, of hitting the wall, and there's another evolution in my thought process. I'm still in the wall, kilometer 35, but now I'm asking myself, am I going to quit? Am I going to quit this relationship? Am I going to quit my growth? Am I going to quit now? I've gone so far. I've tried so many things, met so many people. I've been hurt. I've been loved. Am I going to quit? Am I? No, I'm not. Because I know I'm growing. Because this is the only way. The only way around is through. I'm going through right now. I'm so going through it. Emotionally, physically. Spiritually. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. No, I wasn't going to give up. By allowing myself to actually contemplate the fact of giving up. And visualizing how that would see, how would it really look like if I stopped the race? Then I actually allowed myself to answer the question, am I going to give up? And there was another thing. There were young children all along the marathon, and I made it a point that every time I saw a child, I would high-five him or her, imagining that those are my kids. And at that wall, every time I saw a bunch of kids cheering, I told them, I yelled out, I need, I need energy, I need energy. Give me chifim, give me high fives, give me high fives. And I had this realization that our kids, perhaps, are the ones cheering us on on this journey. They're the ones who are giving us energy, who believe, who are not stuck in their ways, who can imagine a future, who actually think this is cool, running a marathon. And, and they're cheering us on, and they believe, and they're blowing their whistles, and they're clapping, and they're cheering, and they're giving us high fives. And they're like, you can do this. You got this. You got this. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't give up. So both of those realizations together come together and give me this deep appreciation of all the crucibles I've went through, all the relationships I've gone through that have prepared me for this specific crucible, for this specific moment. And I decided I'm not going to quit. And then in kilometer 40, a wart on my little toe on my foot finally bursts, waking me up to a sharp pain in my right foot together with my ankle that hurts and I'm complete exhaustion I'm feeling my knees and I'm feeling the sensation of being alive and smelling the end and why is it not coming sooner but suddenly it slowly slowly starts coming together even though there's still the pain the pain doesn't go away I'm still in the wall but I can see the end literally emotionally physically and I come to the last kilometer thinking how am I going to end this race I get closer and closer till I finally see the crowd. And then I ask myself this question. Last 200 meters, how will I see Galit? Will I forgive her? Will I punish her for daring to love me? Will I punish her for hating me and loving me at the same time? Will I punish her 
for a lifetime together? Or will I forgive and thank her for the pain she caused? Which one is it gonna be? A hundred meters. Here it comes. Here it freaking comes. I'm gonna run for it. And I just go for it. Everything comes together to that point. The exhaustion, the anger, the anguish, the victory, the realizations, the learnings, the audience, the crowd, the adrenaline, it's all rushing together as I'm rushing toward the end. My feet are not moving, but I know that this is not coming toward the next chapter, to the next evolution of my relationship with her. And it's clear to me that when I see her, I'm gonna tell her. I'm gonna tell her everything that passed. I'm gonna tell her that I love her, that I hate her, that I thank her for everything. Finish that. She sees me from the outside. I feel it from the inside. I finally get my medal. Medal of Honor. So, is that how the story ends? Another marathon ends. Another realization. It's hard to summarize this journey. What I can say is that when you finish the race and me and Galit, we're eating and resting. We both were very, very happy that this whole incident happened. We were happy because it, we went through hell and back. We went through a whole marathon of feelings. And really the only way around is through. As I tried to sum this experience up in a video, the sound was so bad that I had to re-record it. And I'm so grateful for that because I feel bringing all of this together and reflecting on this journey is really a blueprint, a blueprint for growth, a blueprint for emotional growth, for relational growth. And I leave you all with this message. The only way around is through. If you want to grow and succeed in the game of intimacy and relationships, you're going to have to go through everything. Surrender to the pain. Surrender to the both extremes of both the victim and the persecutor. Allow yourself to really hate and love your partner. Hit the wall. Know that it's going to end. Know that there's going to be something on the other side. And dare to forgive the people around you, the people who love you, for wanting more. More of you, more of them, more of the relationship. And you might end up a bit sore and you won't be able to walk for a few days. But the satisfaction you feel will not only last you a lifetime, but will be your legacy for your kids. My name is Dr. Acero Manelli, and this was The Potential State. I'll see you next time.